Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, everybody? Millennial Sports Talk, episode 20. <laughs> wow, what an intro. Yeah. This is episode 20? Let's go. This I know, and we didn't do anything fun for it. Usually we do stuff at big milestones. What, is it? what do you mean? This is fun. Recording with you is fun, Michelle. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> but keep going. Uh, I'm Michelle Margot. This is Ben Verlander, and we have had another eventful week in sports lots we happening have. can i tell you one of the most i don't know if you can consider it eventful because i may or may not have missed this but fun fact from my week so the blue angels flew over in virginia two days ago and i totally missed them i missed it i was i was out on my back porch cooking some burgers and my neighbor Small was flex. out on his his yeah that I was cooking burgers that's a big deal comes out on his porch and is like hey did you see it and I'm like see what he's like the blue angels I totally miss them Michelle I totally miss them you know it'd be really funny if they didn't fly over and your neighbor just wanted to make you feel like crap <laughs> like oh did good. you see that it was a three-headed dragon like yeah, what so. I actually watched the blue angels today um they were supposed to fly over Nashville which is where I'm quarantined um on Cinco de Mayo and they didn't so today was a lovely unexpected surprise and i cried <laughs> you cried i cried i so mm-hmm. i okay. have been very fortunate in my life to live in two cities where there are naval bases corpus christi and san diego and though i'm not super well versed in the military jargon of things i've gotten to see flyovers a lot because the san diego padres who i worked with for two years had flyovers every Sunday, military Sunday home game. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I've actually done like an F-18 flight simulator with Will Myers. Fun fact, you can YouTube it. So (laughs) I, but I cried this time. I've never, small flex. Um, (laughs) I've never cried watching them, but today I did because it was just really beautiful. First of all, they were spewing out that blue like smoke or whatever out the back. And it was, they did a flight pattern. So they went over all the hospitals in the Nashville area. And I just thought, I know the camaraderie and it's not even patriotism necessarily, but just the fact that these people are sacrificing their lives and the Blue Angels. I don't know. I I can't, I really can't explain it. I got the chills and I cried. I could have a full episode on how cool it is. Like they're flying so close and so fast. It's so impressive. So precise. it's, It's really, really cool. But since you talked about the Padres and military appreciation on Sunday, I think that's one of the coolest things in the, in the MLB season that happens because a lot of teams wear these alternate jerseys on Sundays. But the, when they wear the camos on Sunday, yeah. that's pretty sweet. That's a it cool is. tradition. 
and usually a military member stand what are they called when they take the field with military members where they like all the military members are standing at each position and and oh, field they take and then the they, field with a yeah. with a player yeah, yeah. um That's can cool. you hear the leaf blower outside my apartment i can't okay i cannot can you hear all the Thankful. other voices in my head <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> um but another thing that i saw yesterday by the way did you see the new rams jerseys that were released i did and i don't care actually you don't like care. at, at okay. all i know let you t- do let me tell you i care they are awful they're awful. really not that bad no who cares like who literally who cares if i were to put together a little league team and somebody said make it look as much make it look like five-year-olds are playing those are the jerseys i would have put on them like great that's good for my pop warner team not the st louis rams you kidding me? Aaron Donald coming after the quarterback looking like, like, looking like a five-year-old? I mean, I really hate to tell you, but St. Louis Rams are no longer. It's the Los Angeles Rams. I know mm-hmm. what you meant. I know what you meant, and I saw the passion behind mm-hmm. that statement, and I respect it, Ben. Mm-hmm. That's tough. <laughs> that is tough. Uh-huh. I just don't – the only – I will say the only unis slash whatever that I've ever really had a problem with in any sport ever – Jeez. Are the Pittsburgh Pirates jail throwback? I love those. Oh, honey, no. With the hat, the like conductor hat? I don't yeah. really remember the hat. I just remember the pants and they were a problem. <laughs> I was like, these guys look ridiculous. I love them. So you don't really have a problem with jerseys. All right, I get it. I just, I didn't like them. I wanted to get that off my chest. I don't, I'm not a fan. The Cowboys play them week one, hopefully. And, uh, week one will happen we just don't know when week one is right (laughs) well i I appreciate you enlightening us with your opinion on that thank you you're welcome it matters let's hope the cowboys don't go to st louis and they go to la for week one (laughs) show up in the wrong city yeah oops that's my bad that's my bad but you know what else is big in the sports world and by the way for anyone who doesn't understand the language of sarcasm like clearly nothing's going on but here we are sticking it out talking the the small sports that we. that is true nothing like there's not a ton huge going on, but there are things happening, you know, like you can't, there are things happening, which is why we can still do episodes. You know, there, the, the UFC fights happened this past weekend, which was cool because there were finally live sporting events. Um, but there are things that are actually happening, you know? Yeah. Like you starting a Twitch live stream. Yeah. I didn't see that coming, but I play, (laughs) (laughs) I, I play MLB the show a lot. I play video games a lot. And somebody finally was like, well, why don't you just stream on Twitch? So I did. And you know what? The first time I did it was last night. And one of the first comments I got in the chat was somebody that actually tuned into the podcast and said that they listen and they love the the episode with with Daniel Norris and John Hicks. That was your mom. That was Kathy Verlander. I, I saw that as a sign that I should be on Twitch. Speaking of which, did Mrs. Verlander listen to the last episode? Yeah, they listened to all of them. Did she hate me for not knowing how to spell her name? No. You, spe- <clears throat> you spelled, you thought Kathy was with the C. It's, it's 50-50, honestly. Okay. Michael Jordan documentary happened this week, mm-hmm. which, awesome. okay. Uh, listen, yes, I'm clearly watching all of them, and I'm interested in them, and I like them, and they're fun, and they're fascinating. But unpopular opinion, I'm just not as enamored as everybody else is on Twitter. I'm really not. I, I don't. I, I can appreciate non-linear storytelling, but I, for some reason, I'm having a re- very, very hard time with the 
aspect of it not being in chronological order. Like the other day, I forget, I think it was episode eight, maybe episode seven, episode eight, where Michael Jordan was playing. And I was like, oh, why are they showing footage from before he played baseball? And I realized, oh, no, he came out of retirement. Like, I was just very confused because they do jump around a lot. Yeah. And I don't like that. I have, I thought, I think personally that the show has done an incredible job of how, of how they're going about that. Um, the, the whole show is about the last dance, the last season. So, you know, throughout the whole thing, it's the story of that season, but periodically they jump back to, to specific moments in his life. So I thought they do a good job of telling that story, but also going back in time um, and, and telling stories along the way. But apparently not everybody thinks that. So I knew I was going to get a hard time for this. I appreciate it and I like it. And it's fascinating, obviously enough for me to be watching, what, eight hours worth so far. Also, obviously, pat- we know, Michael Jordan is super driven and that's yeah. great. And it's inspiring but a lot of superstars are really driven. So like, it's not like, I mean, maybe he was just the first of that generation and, and, and whatnot, but like, I don't know, being in sports, covering sports, like I see people with that mentality a lot. Not that seeing them with that mentality is, I mean, you have the best players in the world right now going on Twitter, watching this being like, wow, don't mess with that guy. Like, wow. You know, like, I, I, I don't think there's many athletes in the world that have ever truly had that mind. Like, if, you, if, if one guy made one wrong move while playing MJ, that guy is on MJ's list for all of eternity. And next time he plays you, you're done. You're done. And you just don't, like, I don't, I, I just don't think you see, you see much of that anymore. I don't know, or ever. The other thing is like the very high expectations that were set with everyone on Twitter because I started it late. So if I was just watching that at home, like if nobody else was talking about The Last Dance and I just flipped on and was like, oh, I'll watch this, you know, Last Dance documentary, I would think, wow, this is really good. Like I, people should watch this. But because everyone's watching it right now, I it's like almost overrated now. Whereas before, if, if I had just watched it standalone and didn't have expectations, it's all relative, if that makes sense. Yeah. All right. That's fair. <laughs> if you, that's fair you think that. Uh, but This is so, going to be a fun episode. I can feel so, it. So the, these past, the past two episodes, two things, two things I took away from it that were my, my favorite part. Not favorite part, but the most you know, telling. One, MJ winning that title on Father's Day. Um, the, you know, after his, his father passed away that was emotional and, and seeing just his raw emotion in the yeah. locker room, laying on the floor after the game, mm-hmm. that was tough to watch. Um, you know, it was very emotional, really cool footage to see, to have. Um, and another one was him interviewed, talking about the way he played the game, the way he practiced and the way that he was perceived. Um, and him actually getting emotional talking about that. Um, because you, know, he, that was, you could tell he didn't like the fact that he wasn't well-liked at the time. Yeah, you know, and it, you know, and I actually heard him say before this came out that he was worried about this coming out for fear of people thinking he was an asshole. 
And one, I don't think that's the way he's being perceived. Um, you know, there are people that are like, wow, I mean, this guy. But I think there's people that understand he was the way he was the player he was because of the way he practiced. But it was it was cool to see him get emotional talking about that. Um, I, I just thought that they were two of the best episodes that we've seen so far. Yeah, I liked four and five a lot. Um, no, sorry, five and six. Yeah. Okay. Other COVID news of the week mm-hmm. in the Major League Baseball realm. Would you like to kind of give yeah. context? So um, the Major League owners have agreed, uh, basically agreed over the weekend to a proposal that would involve the season starting in July. Now, that doesn't mean that's what's going to happen because there's still a lot that has to go down. But in that proposal – um, it basically involves an 82-game schedule, rosters being expanded to, to 30 players with like a 20-man taxi squad, basically. So having the, this squad of about 20 players that can come up or down if you need them. 14-team um, playoffs instead of 10. And uh, 50-50 revenue split between the owners and players. And that, of all of them, the revenue, the financial side, is going to be the the big one that is going to get over that is going to be the biggest hump to get over um so michelle what do you think about that well first okay before before i get into my opinion here right now what are the players getting so the players agreed uh, i believe they, they came to the agreement in march about um they came to an agreement about their salary that that, that it would be prorated for this year for this season and also came there's there's basically a, a tier system amongst players where you get paid x amount of dollars dependent on you know x number of factors but basically it's it's nothing like what they would be getting paid uh during the season um it's just something you know weekly monthly through i think it was may 31st that they're getting paid but other than that they also did agree on this season having a um Pro-rated rate. So why is this the biggest hurdle? Because the players don't like it, right? Incorrect. This is the biggest hurdle because now the owners are coming back saying, we're not going to have fans in the stands this year. We need to renegotiate what we already agreed upon salary-wise for this year. So they had an agreement, and this is going to be the biggest hurdle because the players and the players' union are adamant on – we're not going to take another pay cut. And the owners are adamant on, we need you to take another pay cut because we're not going to have fans. I, I, feel, I feel both sides. Okay, I'm just going to put that out there now so people don't hate me. Um, obviously, these gentlemen have bills to pay that are probably much larger than the average person. And they have yes. mortgages and you know car payments and whatever because they expected to have a certain amount of guaranteed money. I understand that. And that would be very stressful for anybody. However, I think you play the cards you're dealt and you do the best you can with what you're given. And right now, it is better than no money at all. Like what they're saying is, I don't want to accept this. Like, I don't, like, they're not happy with their, with MLB's proposal, correct? So if they, if they say, if the players union says no, 
this is not going to work for us, then what happens with their paychecks? What do they get? So if they don't come to an agreement and there's no Major League Baseball season, there's no money at all, right? Or are they getting that very tier system prorated? No, that's whatever. through May 31st. Okay, so, there's, so, so they're saying it's all or nothing. They are fighting the fight of it's all or nothing. So essentially the owners, what, what's happening here is that the players are being asked to take another salary cut, but they're the ones that are in the locker room and on the field and the ones taking the risk to put baseball back on the field during this time and for the country to have something to watch. They're the ones of all people that are in the most danger of getting COVID-19. Right. So would they rather sit out an entire year and not play at all? And then when they come back, be rusty or not be in shape or whatever? And not get paid for that whole year. Like that's what I understand that there's a risk. Of course there's a risk, but you can't put a price on your life. And there are players that have come out and said, I'm not going to play unless I get my money. And that to me is ridiculous because what you're saying and they're, and they're using the excuse. So that's the thing. If they don't use the excuse as I'm putting my life on the line. So you're telling me that your life is worth whatever amount that your contract is, but it's not worth if you're making 50% of that or whatever it may be. Most of these, most of these, I, I, I get what you're saying, but most of these owners make money. That most of these teams aren't going to lose tons of money. So, so let me let me put it to you this way: There's seasons where there's seasons where teams going into the year overperform, make the playoffs, and that owner makes a ton more money than was expected. The owners don't, the, the players don't get any more for that year. So going yes, they into, do if they make the playoffs. It's a it's a bonus. It's not anything like what the what the owners are getting. You're not like getting more money. But the on owners t- are their bosses. Whoever makes more than their boss makes. So my point is that this year owners are actually gonna not make as much money as they're used to. Yet they still have a chance. They still will make that up in years to come. Players don't have that luxury. Players, if they play this year at a much reduced salary than what they should have been making based off of how they've played earlier in their career. Say one, say one goes out and gets hurt and never has the same career again, but didn't get the money that he was owed this year. Or say a player is older and, and you know, his next, his next contract won't be near the same. Like players have gone their whole career to get this paycheck that they're supposed to be getting and have already agreed to taking a huge pay cut for this coming season, a huge pay cut. So why should they then go out and essentially play for way less money and another pay cut than because they've already Because it's a capitalist society and that's what they chose. <laughs> like, I, I, that you look like dumbfounded that I just said that, but I, maybe that's not like the best analogy, but I feel like, yeah, yeah, it sucks. Of course it sucks, but it's not like they're the only people affected in all this. No, and, and I agree with that. Michelle, I really do. But they are the ones that are going to have to go out on the front line and, and play with the chance. Okay, to, so to... you're going to tell me that some pitcher needs to make $6 million instead of $3 million while there are people, there are bus drivers or there are reporters per se or, or, or people working in the broadcast industry or trainers or whatever that are not making nearly as much. Like I, to me, it just, 
it looks that's a to- so bad. That's on the a players. totally different. And that's why the players are going to end up coming out looking like the bad guys in this because it's come out that the owners have a deal in place and that the season can start in July. And then when this, when it comes down to, to being in the room during this and somebody says, oh, we don't have a deal right now, it's going to look awful for the players. And honestly, that's why this is such a huge problem because you and I can't agree on it. We both see both sides. We both acknowledge that it's a very tough position for both sides to be in. But that's why this is going to be such a hurdle to overcome because both sides are adamant on where they stand. And honestly, it's going to really, really suck if we don't get a baseball season this year for the reason of money, for financial reasons. Yeah. But, but I, I, I do get it. I do understand both sides and why both sides are adamant i do i guess the, the the way i look at it is and usually i'm on the player side actually like i i feel for the guys and what they have to go through in the training and 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 just the sacrifices that those guys have to make but in this case i feel like major league baseball and and their owners are doing the best they can right now like they they are saying we can we we either don't have anything or either way, it's going to come out of the players. So it might not affect these players, but the next generation of players or whatever, say they have an entire year of no profits, which by the way, in Major League Baseball, it's, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money for an entire season not to be played and, and them be paying out their players or whatever. They're trying yeah. to do the best they can. Like That's going to affect the next set of contracts or whatever because they're just not going to have the money that they would have had. So to me, pick your battles and – and figure it out. And I think that major league baseball is doing the best they can. And the other thing I was thinking is, is this a negotiation tactic? Is this, is, is this just their first offer and they are yes. willing to budge? This is the, this is, so it started Tuesday that they came to the players union with their offer and it is their very first offer. And last I heard on Tuesday, they didn't even talk about, they didn't even really talk about the financial side of things. They talked about the health aspect side of things. They talked about, uh, travel. They talked about testing. They talked about. Um, they didn't even. They talked about the health side of things, which is also equally, if not. I mean, it is. It is more important. Yes. But um, <laughs> the problem is going to, you know, isn't going to be the health side of things because both sides can agree on how important that is. I, I was talking with a, an MLB sideline reporter yesterday. She FaceTimed me, and I'm not going to name her name because I don't want to throw her under the bus. But she was a lot more upset than than I was with this and she felt like I mean we both agreed that the players look really bad in this and that it's affecting a lot more people than just that them and their families and um I think there are ways for these players to make money through sponsorships through cameos through appearances on zoom whatever it might be and it's kind of crazy like they have supplemental income whereas other people don't. You can't and just say that they have supplemental income. Some of my best friends are, are major leaguers that are, are, have just cracked the surface that nobody on the well, that's outside different. world. No, but that's, that's who the players are fighting for. You know, the, bi- the big guys are fighting for those. Is what the you're big, yeah. The, the players that you hear speaking out about this saying, you know, we're standing our ground on what we believe in. Are they fine financially? A lot of them. Yeah, who they're fighting for is the guys that are making league minimum, which is yeah. still a lot of money, but they're making league minimum and they have a short window. You know, some of, some of my best friends have cracked the league, but there's no guarantee they're in the league next year. 
right. So right. The whole right. argument, the argument you make about there's frontline workers that are still working for less and, and aren't making a lot of money. I understand that, but that's a totally different argument. These guys are here. This is what they've worked for their whole life to earn this paycheck. They're not guaranteed next year. And this is their livelihood. So, so they're already taking a huge pay cut. They need to make their money. You know, the guys that are speaking out are fighting for those guys. I agree. I agree with you. And I think, I think it's, it's easy and myself included. I, I admit that it's, it was unfair for me to put this on, on all the players when it's just a couple that are speaking out on behalf of those players. But I'm putting names to these quotes where I'm just looking at them like, oh, this is ridiculous. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. But then I, but when you make that point, it's, it's you're totally right. Right. I mean, right. Um, with that said, if we're entering a recession and all this stuff, natural selection, survival of the fittest, and only the industrious succeed. So, if you want to go with the route of healthcare workers, grocery store workers, they come in contact with a lot more people than those guys are going to be with their quarantine teammates playing. If they want to talk about that, I don't want to go that route. That's not, I'm, I'm just, but I'm saying I, I that's, think, that's what people are saying. And you said it like, that's an argument. And that is an argument that healthcare workers are making a lot less or grocery store workers are making a lot less and they're coming in contact with a lot more people than major league baseball players ever would be coming that, in contact yeah, with. Yeah, I agree. That wasn't my argument though. I'm saying, I think that's a totally different discussion because that's this, that's a totally different world. That's a, that's a different conversation of baseball players shouldn't even shouldn't be paid that much because there's people that work harder that you know, I, no, I think no, 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 no. I see what you're saying, but that's not what the arguments that I see on Twitter or whatever, or, or what people are telling me is they're saying, well, I don't want to risk my life. You know, I don't want to risk my life. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No one wants to risk their lives. Totally understandable. But if you want that money, you're going to have to apparently risk your life or you can make money the way other people are making money or whatever. The other question I had, which I don't know is can they qualify for unemployment? If, if they don't have a baseball season? Um, I believe the answer is no. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't know if that's even being discussed, but that's, that's where I kind of see it being like, well. It is not. They, they can't because of the, they are technically getting paid. They've come to an agreement. This tier system, they cannot collect unemployment. Well, until May 31st, and then what? Right. That's, you know, and then they know. can qualify for unemployment. Maybe. There's pandemic assistance for unemployment. You know, I, so my, I, I understand both sides. I do. My problem is that the players are being painted as the victim, as the, you know, the problem here. And, and they're not, you know, it, it sucks for both sides, but the problem is the MLB and the owners came out and it was leaked everywhere owners have an agreement baseball will start in july as long as the players can agree to it knowing that there's going to be a problem with the financial side they knew that so they got that out in the public and now when the players are fighting for themselves and fighting for their livelihoods and fighting for other players that aren't as fortunate as they are there's backlash because the people want baseball in july and all they need is the players agreement i completely don't think it's fair I don't think that's right. fair to them. Yeah. No, I mean, it's not. But I also wonder, I really, really wish that we had access to the numbers. Because if MLB owners are being like, listen, this is literally all we can do, 
then you have to take them at face value, but also they are very good business people and that's why they're in the positions that they're in. So I don't know what their situation is. I don't know how much they're protecting themselves versus just trying to get something together. And also trying to get 30 owners to, to agree on one thing is really hard anyway. So I don't, I really, I just wish that like we can debate this all we want, but at the end of the day, like we don't really know the situation and the, and the numbers by it. So it's hard to, to figure it out. But I also really am curious and I, part of me wishes that we had a player on this episode, but I just don't think that very many are going to come out and say it. I want to know some of the guys who might have, you know, let's say a year and a half of service time where they're not on the cusp, but they don't have a big contract. I want to know if they appreciate that the players association is fighting for them or if they would rather just play at a prorated rate, I guess prorated rate that's not a thing but you know i mean i would assume they're they're very glad that it's being and and it's not just being uh, fighting for this year the mlb players union has always prided themselves on not having a salary cap it's the it's the only as as far as I, i know the nba does i know the nfl does the players baseball does not have a salary cap and essentially that's what this is is a salary cap and that's what they're fighting so hard for is We've always prided ourselves on our union being the strongest and fighting for our players. And, the, and, and you know, it's, this is essentially a, a salary cap. You know, the owners, saved, the owners saved about $30 million already on shortening the draft to five rounds. You know, there are things that are being done to save money. $30 million does not go very far in Major League Baseball. Think about how much people make. I understand that, but each team has saved about $30 million right there. You know, like there, there is money being saved in other places. Right. No, I, I, I agree. And again, that's one of those like political things where we don't know. I don't know the percentages that they get from Jersey sales, from TV, like from, so that's, I don't, I don't know think people that. understand how much teams make from, from their TV deals. Like it's a ridiculous, like they make a lot of their money from the TV deals. And I don't know if it's the, I, I doubt it's the same. I, I'm sure some teams weigh the, the fans in the stands more than their TV deals. And I'm sure there's some teams that make more money from TV deals than fans. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's different for every team. Um, but, you know, obviously I, I, like you said, I wish there was a way to, to know the numbers, but there's not, which may, I mean, the situation is, is tough on both sides, but, Back to our point, this is why it's going to be the hardest hurdle to overcome is because yeah. I'm just glad I, I don't have any decision-making power because that's a lot of pressure. I'm, and, and, and I'm I, as well glad you don't have any decision-making power. <laughs> thank you, Ben. <laughs> I, I have people who are at risk in my family of COVID and I, I worry about it day and night. I lose sleep over it and it's it's very scary and I would never want to put someone in the line of danger just to play a game. I don't. And I, I see where all these players are coming from. I really do. But the excuses that they're saying, I don't agree. What are you, what are you saying is an excuse? The excuse of if if I'm going to put my life on the line, then I should get paid. I don't like that excuse because you are putting a price on your life and that's messed up. I don't think it's messed up to say if, if you're, if I'm going to play, and risk my life and, and getting this virus that I should be compensated what we already agreed upon. Let's just put this into example. So say you pay me $10 for a job okay. and I'm saying I'll 
put my life at risk for that $10. But if you pay me $7, I'm not going to do it. Like, don't do, if you're that worried about your life, no price is going to make it worth it for you to put your life in danger. Right? I mean, the, I get what you're saying, but let's say I did give you that $10 and then I came to you and said, look, there's a national pandemic going on. We need to restructure our deal. I need to only give you $5 to do your job. And you say, okay, deal. He, they're not doing their job. They're not doing 162 games. They're doing 80. Doing it's, it's, it's prorated. So they'd get paid for that amount of games. At that, at the, yes. at, so they're taking a 50%. But they're playing 50%. They're not saying we need you to play 162 games and we're only going to pay you half. They're saying we need, to play, we need you to play half these games and because of that, we're taking away whatever, half, whatever. I okay. I'm 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 playing devil's advocate right now. I hundred I one hundred percent see where the players are coming from, and I I feel for them, and that sucks. But no, I also and, don't and I like get, what they're saying. I get where the owners are coming from. My problem is that the players are my my problem here is that the owner uh, the players are being seen as the bad guys. That's what that's what bothers me because so, I I see their side and I understand their side. I understand both sides, but people are pissed off at the players. If there's not going to be a season, they're going to be the ones that get all the blame because, well, the owners came to an agreement and the players couldn't get over it because they're greedy. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If the tables were turned and MLBPA said, we have come up with a proposal, we just need the owners to hop on board. We will do a 50-50 revenue split. And if the owners were saying, no, 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 we don't want to do that. We don't like, you know, we're going to have to show up at the ballpark too. And we're going to have to put all this work in, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I think you'd be pissed at the owners. Yeah. So you're mad at the person who's, who's stopping it. I'm mad at the, I'm mad at the perception of it. I'm mad that the players are getting looked at like they're the problem when I understand both sides is what I'm saying. The owners have come out and said, we have a proposal, baseball in July, to get the average fan on their side. Yes, we're going to have baseball in July. And then it comes out, well, hold up, there's a hiccup. The players haven't agreed to this yet. So you think it was so political that it was a manipulation tactic? I think it, I, I think it was leaked out, which they were fine with, that, that they've come to an agreement. Yeah, but, but that's how things work in this day. Like, everything's leaked. Woj, Woj in the NBA knows, knows what's happening before owners even get off of a call. I mean, it's just, that's, that's what happens. Do Woj. I think, they, do I think the, ML, the MLB was pissed that it got out that they have a proposal that the season will start in July? Absolutely not. Absolutely so, not. So if tables were turned, would you be upset that the owners are getting the bad perception? No, you wouldn't care. I don't know. I don't know. And I also admittedly have a dog in the fight that I, I care about and that is family on one side of this. That, that aspect is not lost on me. I didn't know your dad owned a team. <laughs> that aspect isn't lost on me. I don't, you know, I have, I have friendships. I have friends that are owners. But yeah, I don't, it's close to home. Right. But I also, I, I understand both sides and I, you know, admittedly understand the player's side more so, but I, I do get it, and I get it's a problem, you know. But I, yeah. but it is not lost on me that I have, you know. 
I just don't feel like connections to this. I don't, I feel like I'm kind of going out on a limb here by even debating this topic because I just don't feel like I know enough. Like, I feel like I need the numbers in front of me to see if this, like, like if, yeah. if it's, if it's a fair trade. So millennial sports talk this week is brought to you by betonline.ag. While we're waiting this out at home, you can still have some fun betting at betonline.ag with no NBA, no NHL and no MLB, as you all know, because we've been talking about it for a while now. <laughs> Uh, you might think there's nothing to bet on, but there is. There's still esports, American Idol, the election, the spelling bee, um, some other things like that. So there's still fun to be had at betonline.ag and use promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus. All right. Well, it is now time for the amazing best segment on Millennial Sports Talk. Yes. The GOAT moment of the week. Yes. And this one's a little different. It's not like a f- super feel-good one, but I chose Trevor Bauer, who is a pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. He used to be on the Indians. And he was doing a Skype or FaceTime interview with ESPN, I think with Jessica Mendoza. And <laughs> at the top of the screen, it said FaceTime call with and his number. And then obviously people started calling him like crazy. And he took a picture of it of the screen tweeted it and said, well, since ESPN decided to accidentally tweet my number, might as well make this a charitable cause. And anybody who wants to call and the rules are on my voicemail and, and, and he basically did a charity donation. And I don't know if he ended up switching his number, but I thought that <laughs> that was one way to handle a situation like that. Cause I would be really frustrated if my number was publicly posted. I am going to assume he did change his number. I but saw very cool that he took that situation that is not optimal and does suck to to do something cool. I uh, I saw a tweet right right almost immediately after he tweeted the first one and said he said I didn't really think this through but my voicemail's full so yeah, that's tough. <laughs> didn't think of that aspect of things. Speaking, of, have you watched any of the uh, Korean baseball league? Any of it? I have not. I'm going to venture to say you haven't because it comes on at 2, 1 a.m. Um, and, you know, not the easiest time to watch things. But I have seen a, a, a little bit of it. I've really enjoyed watching it. It is so cool to watch. Um, and it is, it's cool to, you know, there's no fans in the stands, but they still have their cheerleaders dancing on top of the dugouts and the mascots running around. And, it's just, it's interesting to watch. Very interesting. It's good baseball, too. I have some friends over in that league, so I enjoy watching them and enjoy. Who's in that league? Uh, Dixon Machado is in it, um, who was with the Tigers. Uh, Tyler Wilson. Shortstop? Who, yeah. Uh, Tyler Wilson, who's a pitcher. Um, Warwick Sapold, who is a friend of mine with the Tigers, who's a pitcher. Um, there's a couple of them, so it's been cool. It's been fun to watch. They're, like, living the dream right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, having everybody in the world watch them, even though they're playing in Korea. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, everybody who tuned into this episode of Millennial Sports Talk. Hopefully, we have some better news to report next week. But uh, until then, you can find us on your usual podcast distributor. For Ben Verlander, I'm Michelle Margot. See you next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.